At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Warmer from the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. So in the second segment, we are going to be joined by our good friend, mid-major Matt. Matt Josephs is his real name. He does some great work for the ESPN radio affiliate in Richmond. Athlon Sports is where he's got all of his college football previews up as well. List goes on and on. You find him in a wide variety of places. We're going to be talking a little bit about strikeout props in the second segment. Just some of the difficulties that come with betting on baseball in September, especially on a short slate like we're going to be having for Monday, but just where the value might be able to be extracted on Monday. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we've got one or two ways to be able to throw this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNRS41. Keep in mind, let her see him. Maybe it does not matter as per usual. Please send these into the timeline. The other way is a via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review. This is an episode that is brought to you by Yes on Prop 27 and DraftKings. Half of the country already allows online sports betting for adults 21 years or older. Time for California to get on the action. No good reason why folks in Chicago, New York, Portland, 
Boston, you're able to get on the list, get bet online. While Californians, they have to deal with shady bookies or they just can't get it all together. So Prop 27, it's ensuring that California finally catches up. So vote yes on Prop 27. And we did not mind getting any Twitter questions there, although I know that there are some angry Californians that they are unable to currently bet online. So hopefully we are able to change that. But something that we've got to take a look at and sometimes keep things the same, sometimes keep things the same is what we're seeing in Major League Baseball and try to be able to get our numbers sharper as a result. So let's take a look back at everything that we wanted getting on Sunday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Not going to be able to give you guys too much from the Sunday night baseball game because the Greg Peterson experience is now every, if you're out here on the West Coast, Sunday through Thursday. If you're on the East Coast, midnight to three every Monday through Friday. So that is why I have to move this thing up a little bit, but everything except for that Sunday night baseball game is final. And I can tell you right now, most likely you're going to be fading both of those teams coming off of Sunday night baseball. But anyone with the DK Nation pick, this was the world's biggest roller coaster. And unfortunately, it wound up being a tough fall after it looked very, very fortunate as it was an 8-7 to final in this one as for the Seattle Mariners, they wind up hitting two home runs in the ninth inning to walk it off after the Braves erase a five-run deficit going into the top of the eighth inning as this game was wild, it was crazy, it had everything for the Atlanta Braves. You wound up getting a pair of home runs in the ninth inning as Michael Harris the second. He went deep a little bit earlier in the game. He went deep in the eighth inning for a 17th home run season and then he goes deep for home run number 18. Robbie Grossman has the go-ahead home run for home run number six of the season a little bit earlier in the game. Austin Riley, 36th home run of the season. He is fifth in the last 10 games and really that Riley home run is all that the Braves got off of one. Monaco Gonzalez will allow that solo home run over the course of six innings. Matt Brash a scoreless inning and then Eric Swanson wound up allowing one of those home runs in his a third of an inning. Andres Munoz got a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And then the gentleman responsible for that five-run ninth inning, Diego Castillo, Paul Sewell, they gave up a home run apiece. Not a great effort there, but not a great effort from Kenley Jansen, who a lot of home run to Julio Rodriguez and Eugenio Suarez. And both of these gentlemen had a home run earlier, so they both had a multi-home run game. For Suarez, 29th and 30th home runs of the season. Rodriguez, 24th and 25th of the campaign as Jake Odorizzi, Four runs surrendered in three and two-thirds innings. Colin McHugh, he gives up a run in one and a third innings, giving up one of those bombs. And then Tyler Madzik gives up a run in an inning. Kenley Jansen gave up a home run to both gentlemen in the ninth inning. He takes the L as Jackson Stevens and Dylan Lee both supplied a scoreless inning. So... Things wound up getting wild and crazy there. The Oakland A's take down the Chicago White Sox, who are now 9-3. Ever since Tony La Russa took his leave away from the team, 10-3 the finalists for the Chicago White Sox. Johnny Cueto was doing for some regression, and it hit hard. Seven runs, five of which were earned, surrendered in four and two-thirds innings as taking them deep for the Oakland A's. That would be Ramon Laureano, 13th home run of the campaign. Tony Kemp a little bit later gets home run number five of the season off of Jimmy Lambert as Lambert gives up one run over the course of his inning. Aaron Bummer and out of the bullpen, Rinaldo Lopez gives a scoreless inning. And then Kendall Graveman gives up two runs over the course of an inning for Oakland. Relatively solid start here from Cole Irvin. Three runs, two of which were earned, surrendered in seven innings before Joel Piamps lends a scoreless inning couple with Tyler Sear. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they find their offense. They take down the Colorado Rockies by a count of 12 to 6 as Zach Allen, his streak of scoreless starts winds up ending at 6, but still relatively solid. 11 punch outs, 3 runs allowed in 6 innings at Coors Field. That's not bad. Ian Kennedy, he gave up 3 runs without getting a single out as he allowed a home run along the way. Ryan McMahon, he winds up getting home run number 16 of the season, but you did wind up having Kevin Ginkle, 
Joe Mantiply, Reyes Maranta all give a scoreless inning for the Colorado Rockies. Not a great day for Ryan Felder. Gives up four runs in two and two-thirds innings. And then the bullpen comes out. They don't do their part. Austin Gomber gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Alex Colomay, three runs in a third of an inning. Jake Bird, just one run surrendered over the course of two innings. You least have seen four outs of the bullpen scoreless. You did have four outs of the bullpen scoreless from Caleb Smith as well. And then Nelson Lamette, he gives up two runs over the course of an inning as for the years in the Diamondbacks. He gets 7 of 19 with men in scoring position to be able to get the W. The Walker, Texas Rangers, they hold down the Toronto Blue Jays, winning by a count of 4-1 to one for Texas. Martin Perez, terrific in this start. One run given up in six innings. From there, Asus Sinoco, Matt Moore, Jose LeClerc, all a scoreless inning for the Rangers. Pair of home runs, Adelise Garcia, 24th of the campaign. That comes off of Yusei Kikuchi, and then Anthony Bass gives up a home run to Leody Tavares, home run number four of the season. Trevor Richards was the opener. He gave up three hits and one run while getting one out before David Phelps gives four outs on the bullpen scoreless. You say Kikuchi has been really relegated to the bullpen at this point. Two runs surrendered over the course of two innings, including that home run allowed Julian Merriweather. Two scoreless innings, Zach Pop. He had things popping four outs on the bullpen scoreless. And then Anthony Bass gives up the other bomb, giving up one run over the course of his innings. So the Rangers get it done. The Royals get it done. Four to zero. They shut out the Detroit Tigers. And for the Tigers... Tyler Alexander, another rough go of it. Four runs surrendered in five innings, including home run in. For Tyler Alexander, has not been a great stretch for him, giving up at least three runs and now five out of his last six starts. Going deep for the Royals. Home run number two of the season for Mike Massey as Brady Singer. He continues to have teams singing the blues. Seven scoreless signings, Dylan Coleman, Scott Barlow lend a scoreless signing from there. And Alex Lang, Joey Menez, Gregory Soto. They all fire a scoreless signing for the Detroit Tigers. Lots of scoreless signings in this one as the Guardians get the job done 4-1 to one against the Minnesota Twins. Shane Bieber, he had a fever for getting outs. One run surrendered in six and a third innings. Trevor Steven, pair of outs out of the bullpen and same antages. James Karinczak, both lend a scoreless inning. For the Guardians, they do leave 12 men on base, but a pair of home runs put them over the top. Steven Kwan, fourth home run season off of Josh Winder. And Winder, he gets wound up by Andres Jimenez, who goes deep for home run number 16 of the season for Winder. Gives up those two solo home runs over the course of four innings. Gail Theobar, Griffin Jacks, both deliver a scoreless inning. Michael Fulmer and Johan Duran combine for two scoreless innings. And then Ore Lopez surrenders two runs in an inning. So the Guardians, they wind up sweeping that series from the Minnesota Twins. They stay on top in the NL Central. The Mets, they stay on top in the NL East, 9-3. They take down the Fish. And for Miami, they have scored three runs or fewer. And now 32 out of their last 36 games. Ace Lizardo, he gets shelled. Five runs surrendered in three and a third innings. You got the Mets going deep three times in this one as Brandon Nimmo gets home run number 14 of the season off of Lazardo, And then Tommy Nance allows a pair of bombs. Eduardo Escobar, home run 17 of the season. Tomas Nito, home run number one as Nance gives up two home runs over the course of his inning. Richard Blyer, Tanner Scott, Cole Solzer, they deliver a squirrel inning. And Uskar Prazobin, two runs given up in one and two-thirds innings for Miami Pair of home runs off the bat of Brett Anderson. He goes deep off of Tybo Walker for home run number seven of the season. And then Seth Lugo for home run number eight. Lugo gives up two runs in his ending of work. Tybo Walker gives up just that one solo home run, getting 10 strikeouts in seven innings. And Adam Anovino, he was able to clean things up, getting a scoreless inning. The New York Yankees offense appears to have busted out. 
10-4, they take down the Tampa Bay Rays and for the New York Yankees. They have now put up at least five runs in five out of their last seven games. You want to be taking a look at Yankees home and road splits. They have been significantly better at Yankee Stadium as they got all 10 runs in the first two innings of this game. No home runs for our good friend Aaron Judge, but Labor Torres delivered a pair. Home runs 20 and 21 of the season off of Luis Patino. John Carlos San goes deep off of Patino for home run 26 of the season. And Kelvin Fotcher allowed the first career home run to Oswaldo Cabrera for Patino. He entered into the day with about a 434 ERA, left it with an 810. Got four outs, gave up nine runs, including three home runs. Kelvin Fotcher gives up a solo home run in the course of his inning. Ryan Yarbrough, who I thought was going to be starting on Monday, Five scoreless innings, and Jalen Beeks was able to deliver a scoreless inning, so not a bad piecemeal job on that front. Domingo Armand, he winds up going just one inning because there was some inclement weather and a long rain delay, so the Yankees pretty much had to trot out their bullpen game themselves. Wani Peralta, two and a third inning scoreless. Greg Weisert was able to get it out of the bullpen. Lucas Lukey and Lou Trevino both got a pair of outs, giving up a run along the way. Ron Medanacchio and Clay Holmes, they both gave up a run in an inning, but Clark Schmidt, Two scoreless innings, so the Yankees were a little bit all over the place, but they got it done. Anibal Sanchez's six-start streak with a win, at the very least for the Nationals, not necessarily on his record, but the Nationals had won six straight of his starts. That came to an end. The Philadelphia Phillies get it done 7-5 to the final as the Phillies. They were in danger in this one. They were actually down by kind of 5-1 to one as Sanchez gave up just one run over the course of two innings. Then the weather kicked in. Arasimo Ramirez, who's been relatively solid out of the bullpen, gave up three runs in an inning, including a home run. And then Kyle Finnegan gives up two runs in an inning, including a home run. Reese Hoskins goes deep off of Ramirez. Home run number 28 of the season. And Alec Bohm, home run number 11 of the campaign. Jordan Weems and Paulo Espino, both fire a squirrel setting. And Hunter Harvey goes two innings, giving up one run for the Nationals. They go 6 of 17 with Ben in scoring position as Aaron Nola goes two scoreless innings. From there, they have to go to Christopher Sanchez, who gave up four runs in three innings. Nick Delson surrenders one run in an inning before Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, fresh off the injured list, and David Robertson all deliver their scoreless inning. For the Milwaukee Brewers, they are unable to cover the run line, and if you wind up having the Brewers run line, this is a tough one. Here in the ninth inning, winds up costing you 7-6. to six. The final is for Cincinnati. Justin Dunn, he was done early. Six runs given up in three innings, including a pair of home runs going deep for Milwaukee. Willie Adamas, home run 28 of the season. Rowdy Tillis gets home runs 29 and 30 of the season as home run number 30. That one's coming off of Mr. Luke Farrell. I believe that he was getting starts for the Chicago Cubs just a few weeks ago, giving up one run in three innings. You had Hunter Strickland and Fernando Cruz both fire a scoreless setting him for the Cincinnati Reds. Home run number one of the season from Alejo Lopez as he goes deep off of Peter Strzelski. Strzelski surrenders two runs in an inning as Brandon Woodruff, another good start. Two runs given up over the course of six innings. Devin Williams, he winds up giving up two runs, just one of which was earned as he was hurt by a Jace Peterson throwing error in the ninth inning, which wound up causing the run line in this one in his inning. And Taylor Rogers, he was able to fire a squirrel setting as well and for the Milwaukee Brewers. They're looking to try to keep pace in the National League wildcard standings as the San Diego Padres. They fall to the LA Dodgers. 11-2 the final as the Dodgers put up a six spot in the seventh inning to really open things up. Justin Turner down for what? He was not turning down home runs. 12th and 13th home runs of the campaign as Joe Musgrove allowed one of those. And Joe Musgrove also allowed a home run to Chris Taylor. Home run number nine of this season. And then Trey Turner down for what? Good deep off of position player Will Myers as Myers 
allows that solo home run over the course of his ending of work for Turner. Home run 20 of the season, and Joe Musgrove gives up two bombs. Four runs in total in five and a third innings. Robert Suarez, pair of outs out of the bullpen, but Luis Garcia, Tim Hill, they piecemealed together in inning. They wound up giving up five runs along the way. Craig Samuel, one and a third innings. He gives up a run as well, and for the Padres, main form of offense, Jake Cronenworth. Goes deep off of Andrew Heaney. 16th home run season for Heaney. He has been having his deep ball issues, giving up nearly two home runs per nine innings, but gives up just two runs, one of which was earned in his five innings of work. You add in mop-up duty Alex Vizia, Chris Martin, both fire a squirrel saying, and then Andre Jackson. Two squirrels out of the Dodgers bullpen. The Houston Astros completely pummeled the LA Angels. 12-4 the final. Angels put up three runs in the first two innings, and then it was all Astros from there. Tucker Davidson, he was shot into the moon, giving up four runs in his two innings of work. Mike Myers piggybacks from there and doesn't do a whole heck of a lot better, giving up five runs in three and a third innings. Zach Wise, one and two-thirds innings scoreless, and Jose Marte of the Marte Parte. He lost a pair of home runs giving up three runs in total over the course of his inning as for the Astros, it was a hit parade. Kyle Tucker, home run 25 of the season. Mauricio Dubon, home run number five of the season. Jordan Alvarez, first home run in quite a while, 32nd of the season. Trey Bubo Mancini, 17th home run season. Alex Bregman, home run 21. After a shaky start, Luis Garcia, he was able to go five innings, gave up three runs. They wound up giving up a pair of home runs along the way for the Angels. Andrew Velasquez gets home run number nine of the season and Shoy Otani. 34th home run of the season for the Astros. They've currently got the best bullpen ERA in the big leagues as Will Smith, Ryan Sanic, Brian Abreu all deliver a squirrelless inning and then Hector Neris does wind up giving up one run in his inning of work for the St. Louis Cardinals. They get it done against the Pittsburgh Pirates. 4-3 to three the final. Anyone who took the run line wasn't so fortunate at it, but Jose Quintana against his former team, he gives a good start. One run surrendered in five and a third innings. Jordan Nix, he did get taken deep, giving up one run in one and a third innings as the deep ball that he allowed was to Jack Swazisky, 16th home run of the season. And then Gregory Allen, he winds up being able to help the run line if you want him taking it with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Second home run of the season, that comes off of Ryan Elsley. Elsley gives up a run and an inning, still posting up a buck 26 area, so it's still been solid. And Jojo Romero, Chris Rand, make a buy for a squirrel setting in. Albert Pools. Home run 697 of his career, 18th of the season. That comes in the ninth inning off of Chase Young, who's been really good in long relief, by the way, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And yeah, Tyler O'Neill in the ninth inning as well. Get his 14th home run season as all four runs for the Cardinals. They come in the ninth inning. So if you had the Pittsburgh Pirates money line. Whew, that was tough. As Mitch Keller, seven scoreless innings. Tremendous start out of him. He did walk three, but still did his part. Dwayne Underwood Jr., scoreless inning, and then Chase Young, who's been so reliable, gives up those four runs, including those pair of bombs in his inning of work. And then the Boston Red Sox hold the Baltimore Orioles scoreless. One to zero the final for Boston. Rich Hill delivers five scoreless innings, punching out seven. And then John Schreiber, Matt Scram, Garrett Woodlock, Matt Barnes all give a scoreless inning for the Baltimore Orioles. Kyle Bradish. Good start. One run given up. Two hits in total over the course of seven innings. Ryan Baker, scoreless inning, and then Dylan Tate, CNL Perez. They combined to be able to fire a scoreless inning of their own, but the offense, they wound up scoring zero runs, and when you score zero runs, it's hard to be able to win that way, and speaking of not scoring runs, unders, they have been prevalent in baseball this season. 51.4% of games have went under the total. 1,017 unders to 962 overs, and the favorites rate for the season, they're at a 60.5%. Clip 1,258 and 821 straight up, but for home favorites, they are 787 and 507. That's 60.8 percent. But among these home favorites, 240 have failed to cover the run line 
if you're taking a look from the scope of the last 30 days, things have been a little bit more 50-50 in terms of totals. Unders are hitting at about a 52% clip now, 203 and 188. Thanks to what we wound up seeing on Sunday after Saturday was very much an overday favorites in this time span of the last 30 days. 260 and 149 hitting at 63.5% and at home favorites. They are 150 and 82 in this span, but you've seen 44 home favorites not cover the run line. That's what we're seeing in baseball right now, and that's what we wound up getting on Sunday. Now, let's turn it forward to Monday, and let's take a look at some K-Props with our good friend Matt Josephs, better known as Mid-Major Matt. He is going to be joining me next to be able to do some handicapping on these K-Props right here on the Baseball Winning Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry every rematch Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to get mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, on the show. Does a great job handicapping a little bit of everything. I know that he was doing a lot of preseason previews in terms of college football over there at Athlon Sports. I know that he is all set for the NFL season. I know that he does some work over there for the ESPN radio affiliate in Richmond as well. So you're able to catch him all over the place and to be able to follow mid-major Matt on Twitter. Well, he makes it very easy at mid-major Matt on Twitter. And as you can tell from the name, does a great job on the college basketball front as well. And Matt, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Always great to be on with you, uh, Greg. And uh, congratulations on the show being every day. Great stuff for you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And Matt, I know you're a man of which Philadelphia is near and dear to your heart. And for one, anyone that wound up having the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, oh boy, that was a little bit rough. But just taking a look at the National League East, I do think that it is an intriguing race because going into Sunday, a half a game had separated the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. Now the Atlanta Braves, they wind up going down on Sunday. But I just take a look at the three expected teams that are going to be able to make the playoffs from the NL East. The Mets, the team that is a little bit more near and dear to you, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves. I think that all three of these teams are make some noise and not sure if you agree or disagree with this. And National League that, in general, just feels very open this year. It does feel very open because if you look at the teams who are at top, I mean, look, the Dodgers are really good, and uh, but they go through these stretches where you know they're not hitting or the pitching's not good enough, and they've had some pitching injuries, and their bullpen is a little shaky at times. And then, obviously, I, I do think it's funny that when the Padres made the Soto trade, everybody's like, oh, greatest lineup, oh, greatest team, they're going to go, and they're going to challenge the Dodgers, and they've done quite the opposite of that. And then, yeah, you mentioned the three teams in the East. Now, I'll take my Phillies out of it because they're starting pitching is just not good enough, especially if uh, Zach Wheeler is not healthy. The the expectation is he may make a start or two before the playoffs. And plus, the Phillies have gotten really healthy against the Reds and the Nationals and the Marlins. And that's not who you're going to see in the playoffs. I always believed in Atlanta. I had some money on Atlanta when the lead was in the double digits for the Mets because I just thought it's the Mets. You know, it's funny because I have a preseason bet where I didn't think the Mets were going to make the playoffs. And obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. So it's going to be a losing bet. But this is what we kind of expect from them. They start to, to collapse a little bit. The injury the things like that, Marte, Scherzer, granted the Scherzer injury is not bad, but you know, the Mets are the Mets and they have some issues. And certainly I think Atlanta among those teams can take advantage of that. Yeah, I do view the Mets a little bit differently this year, just because Buck Showalter is not the same as, we're going to call it what it is, the clowns that were not just in the dugout, but also in the front office a few years ago when they were dealing with Brody Van Wagenen and company, that was not great. So it's clearly a little bit of a different look Mets team, but now it comes new issues, as you alluded to, Max Scherzer, deal with injuries, Jacob DeGrom, 
when he's out there, he's able to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, but you just never know when he winds landing on the injured list once again. So there are those issues. And ironically enough, both teams out there in the National League East that are going to be playing on Monday, they're playing against teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, and both are going to be rather sizable favorites. The Mets playing against the Cubs with Aviat Assad going for the Chicago Cubs. As you'd expect, the Mets north of a minus 240 favorite on that one. And then Spencer Strider and company for the Atlanta Braves. Right now, I'm seeing them right around minus 175 as favorites against the San Francisco Giants. I'm not sure if you've been playing this angle at all, but I just take a look at these teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball and I have to downgrade them by at least 20 cents because every time a team comes off of Sunday Night Baseball, they always lose. I believe that they are now 7-17 and straight up for the season, and I'm not sure what it necessarily is. Maybe it's a late game, and that causes for some strange travel, what have you, but it feels like these teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball Playing on Monday, they just don't have any juice left for Monday. Well, and the other funny thing is, I mean, I guess before this season, this may not have been bad, but Giants, Cubs, Sunday night baseball, that's, uh, and then you're going up against Sunday night football and you're expecting people to watch. And I'm sure there will, obviously, but that's not exactly a matchup that's going to bring yeah. uh, people to the television. And then, yeah, as you said, you know, the Cubs are traveling to New York. Now, granted, it's not as much of a trip. It's still a trip and it'll still be a late departure time, probably in the, probably around one or two, depending upon how late the game is. And then, of course, the Giants flying back home from Chicago, taking on Atlanta, will probably be waiting for them there. It's one of the angles that I would definitely take a look at and certainly, you know, a first five type of thing. You know, if a team it has a especially long flight, maybe you're looking for some jet lag and things like that depending upon the bullpen, things like that. So, so yeah, certainly it's an angle that I've tried to take advantage of as much as possible. Yep, it has been one that has been quite profitable for me, even though I'm going to be laying a little bit more juice. It's probably going to be run line plays for myself on both of those teams on Monday as you're me on the podcast. We do have been major Matt better known as Matt Josephs, and it's a little bit of a smaller card that we've got for Monday, but I do think that it's a very intriguing one, especially with what we're going to be seeing in Game 2 of the doubleheader between the Miami Marlins and the Texas Rangers, because you've got two guys that haven't pitched in a little bit more than a month for John Gray, about a month for Braxton Garrett, and I always think that handicapping these doubleheaders is one of the strangest and most difficult things to do, not just in baseball, but in sports betting in general, just because half the battle sure that you actually have a ticket that is going to be valid because if you wind up going pitcher dependent on a lot of these doubleheaders, you're going to be the victim of a bait and switch where the guy that's supposed to go on game one, he winds up going on game two, vice versa, and that just winds up turning out to be a big giant calamity. You wind up getting a bunch of bullpen games. You're able to go down the list of things that can wind up going wrong with your bet before the game even winds up starting. But I always do think that Gauging these doubleheaders are relatively difficult, but especially when you wind up having something like a John Gray versus Braxton Garrett, where these guys, they want to making some minor league rehab appearances, but neither of these guys have pitched in, in the case of John Gray, a little bit over a month, and now they wind up going up against one another because one of my big angles I was talking about with Sunday Night Baseball is fading guys coming off the injured list that, well, you've sort of got the Spider-Man gif in this game where... Both guys are coming off the injured list. And that's one of mine, too, is I certainly now, when, when I, since I'm more of a starting pitcher guy, I look at the first fives when it comes to that sort of thing. Although, you know, neither team's bullpen is, you know, exactly scares me in this. But the other thing to kind of watch out for, and obviously we're doing this podcast before, you know, before this stuff comes out, you know, sometimes the books don't necessarily have the right K props up. I'll give you a case in point. You know, Tyler Malley, when he came off the injured list the last time out, they set him at five and a half, like it was a normal start. And he went two innings, and granted, there was 
a massive velocity drop, and that's why he didn't stay in as long, and now he's back on the injured list anyway. But make sure to pay attention to these two numbers. Yes, Miami is a team that strikes out a lot, but John Gray could go out there and just be trying to get contact and go only four or five innings. Braxton Garrett, another guy who's got strikeout potential, but since he's so young, they may only want him to go three or four innings. And here's the other thing to consider. If you think that both of the guys in the second game are going to go short amounts, maybe you're looking at the outs overs for the guys in the first game because they know the second game they're going to have to put some more double uh, more pitchers in and out of the bullpen. So a lot to certainly consider. I can't put a bet into the second game until after the first game. It's just something I can't consider. There's people I know who do that. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea what happens in the first game, who might be available, who's going to be in the lineup. Did somebody get hurt in game one? Is the bullpen. So I can't put a bet on that game too, but there's certainly some variables with regards to this whole thing. Plus, not to mention, it's a random doubleheader on Monday. Both teams are playing different squads uh, the next day, so it's just completely random and tough to handicap. Yep, I am right there with you. This is one of these stranger games that you are going to be seeing just throughout the entirety of the baseball season, as I believe that these two teams were playing an interleague series a little bit earlier in the season, and they wound up having something wind up going down. I have no idea what wound up happening, but now you've got a random doubleheader on Monday, and I know that scheduling as well wound up becoming a little bit of something as well, because with the delayed start to the season, we've been seeing more of these random doubleheaders and some strange one-game series as well, which thank you, Rob Manfred, for those. But when it comes to sort of the K-Prop market that we are going to be seeing on Mondays or any other angles that you're going to be taking a look at, because I know that you mentioned the Miami Marlins who have been just so grody on offense. Three runs or fewer, 31 out of their last 35 games. It is just sad. But that said, anything else that you might be taking a look at for Monday? Which, by the way, the Rangers and the Marlins played in Miami uh, the first game after the All-Star break, and it was just a one-game series. So, yeah, to, to, to talk about what you just said, they played a one-game series right out of the I All-Star break. That. Which was- which was pretty crazy. And it's hard because, you know, towards the end of the season, you see these teams, they play these late makeups and some of them just don't care. And and so like their lineups reflect that. And so it's really hard to bet on these things because of how random they are. With regards to the K-Props, I mean, as you said, it's a really small card. I'll be interested to see what the number potentially is on Nelson. Nelson looked really good his first time out and the Dodgers do at times have a strikeout issue. Now they've been kind of tampering that down a little bit. Jose Barrios is at home against the Rays. We know the Rays like to strike out a lot. So that's something I'll kind of be looking at. He was supposed to go on Sunday. He then ended up going on Monday. And then it's time to bring up the the Cleveland Guardians and with Reed Detmers, who ever since he went down the minors a couple months ago, he's come back up and he's struck out a bunch of guys. And, you know, the Guardians are the team that strikes out the least in the league. 81 unders in their K-props, just 47 overs. Now, the one thing to point out there, 20 unders and 16 overs against left-handed pitchers. So it'll be interesting to see the number that they put out for Reed Detmers. There's a chance if it's too low... I may look at the over, and if it's too high, I may look at the under. It's one of those things that I have a number in mind that I'm hoping to play either direction. But Reed Detmers, with those strikeout numbers, he might present a little bit of a problem for Cleveland. But if the book set it too high, I'm going to probably be end up going under. And when it comes to Cleveland, K-Props as well. Watch if Austin Hedges winds up getting the start at catcher or not, because that guy strikes out like it's nobody's business. And he's really one of the few guys that consistently strikes out for the Cleveland Guardians as well. So that does wind up making a little bit of a difference. And as you said, a little bit of a smaller card. Any other angles they might wind up having for Monday? If you don't, do not worry about it. I can tell you right now, I'm having a little bit of a tough time 
coming up with my DK Nation pick just because I always try to steer clear of those doubleheaders. I don't want to write something up and it's like, oh, and the pitchers want to get it completely reversed. So I always wind up trying to stay away from those. But anything else that might be catching your eye? Yeah, we kind of touched on the Reds-Pirates game. I know it's the least interesting game on the board. But, I mean, minor. it's a short favorite here. We know the Reds' offense is really good. And one of the things I've been kind of making money on is these first five team totals that some of the books put out. The Reds at home are, you know, a different team than they are on the road. I'm not a Bryce Wilson guy. I think Bryce Wilson is kind of a mediocre pitcher that you kind of see on September 12th for a non-pennant race team. So I might be looking at, like, a first five team total over for for Cincinnati in this one. I wish I could trust the Pirates a little bit. I wish they could hit you know left-handed pitching just a little bit because Mike Miner's not good either. Even if you wanted to play a first five over for both of them combined, but I think the Reds are going to score some early runs in that game with those two pitchers. But other than that, as you kind of said it's a really small card. We've touched on pretty much every game, at least some sort of note. There's the Houston-Detroit game, but you know I don't really see an angle there. Framber Valdez usually has his K-props a little too high, and for good reason against the Detroit Tigers team that strikes out a lot. You know, the Rodriguez side of things, the Astros have struggled a little bit more against left-handers than they have against righties in terms of strikeout props, but as you said, it's going to be hard to find a consistent play because, you know, the starting pitchers aren't a lot of guys you want to back. With football now back into our lives as well, if you can't find a lot these last few weeks of the regular season, do not worry, and trust me, when it comes to postseason baseball, the playoffs, as we touched upon, especially in the National League, I think that they are going to be absolutely tremendous, so... Better days are going to be coming with regards to being able to take a look at some of these slates. It's a little bit bare for Monday, but I know that you, Matt, are doing a great job of being able to extract some value from the cards. I know that the last time you came on this podcast, you were pretty much trying to sell two-for-ones on Cal Quantrill, and if you wanted to picking those up, well, you wanted to make a lot of money because Cal Quantrill has been relatively tremendous for the Cleveland Guardians, so you've had some great angles. Whenever you've come on and every single time you come on, you do a great job. And on top of that, I know you're doing nice work on the college football front, taking a look at some NFL getting set for the college basketball season. So no shortage of things for you to handicap. Love the good people at home. Know how they're able to follow you on social media and everything they've got going on in general. Yeah, at Major Matt on Twitter. And certainly, uh, as you said, a lot of sports. The hamster wheel that is the sports world continues to spin. And certainly we're trying to keep everybody up to date on all that stuff. At Major Matt, if you ever have a question about the, you know, a prop of some sort, a team total, certainly I'd love talking about team totals. By the way, I need Cal Quantrill to have a game coming up where there's no weather issues. We have not had a lot of outs props because the last two games, there were some weather issues. He wasn't at his best, so I do appreciate the fact that he saved that stuff when he knew I was not playing the outs over for him. And now Mitch Keller's starting to pitch a little bit better too, so uh, he's getting back on my good graces as well. Yeah, for Cal Quantra, I think that he was the guy starting the game in which there was a four-hour and 33-minute rain delay, and it's like, well, there's something you could really wind up doing about that. So you can't blame Cal Quantra for not necessarily being able to go the world's deepest on that one, but he's been able to do a very solid job for the Cleveland Guardians. Not quite as solid as mid-major Matt, but he's been able to do a relatively solid job as Matt handicaps a little bit of everything, and every time he comes on this podcast, lends tremendous insights. A big thanks to Matt Joseph for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not like that, CJ. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry. Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Matt Joseph, so you know him better as Mid-Major Matt on the show. Does a great job. 
Taking a look at a little bit of everything, he's doing a great job handicapping football, taking a look at strikeout props when college basketball season rolls around. He's going to be doing an impressive job on that front as well. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So, without further ado, let's dive in. 901-902 on the betting board. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They hit the road to face off against the Cincinnati Brights. Yes, we are into Cincinnati, and they're on to Mike Miner getting the start, and Bryce Wilson goes for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh between a plus 115 to a plus 124 underdog, and when it comes to Cincinnati, you're going to be getting them anywhere between minus 128 and minus 135. 9.5 is the total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110. They want to say my total at a 9.6. I recognize the Pittsburgh Pirates have had their hitting issues with so many guys like Gregory Allen, Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Tsutsugo, Topico Medicano. You're able to go down the line having a rough time being able to get on base, but at the top, Ryan Reynolds has been able to slug out over 20 home runs. This is one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks. You're going to find a baseball and for Mike Miner, despite him doing a bit of a better job recently. Still has been a rough year for him. Two runs of fear were given up in each out of his last three starts, but overall for the campaign, Mike Miner giving up two home runs per nine innings, 3.2 walks per nine, career low, seven strikeouts per nine innings with a 6-11 home ERA. His main nine starts, and he's got a record of 0-7 at home, and I believe that the team has lost all but one of his starts when he has been at home with opponents sitting overall off of him north of a 290. Bryce Wilson hasn't been too much better. 6-11 ERA. Too bad it's not 7-11 because he is always open to giving up runs as he has given up three plus runs in every one of his last five pitching appearances and I believe that one of them wasn't even a start. So it has been a really rough sledding for Bryce Wilson. 6-57 home ERA. 5-79 road ERA. He's given up the deep ball allowing 1.7 home runs per nine innings. Actually doesn't walk a lot of guys right around 2.2 walks per nine innings but doesn't get strikeouts. Opponents hit north of a 300 off of him and for the Red Likes, a lineup that is very top-heavy. The bottom, when you get into guys like Austin Romine, Aristides Aquino, Jose Barrero, it's pretty grody, but you have Kyle Farmer, Jonathan India, Jake Fraley hitting between a 253 to 265, and the Donovan Solano has been able to hit 300. You don't have a lot of guys cranking out a bunch of home runs, but Farmer, India, Fraley, they all have 10 home runs. Most of these guys have had rather limited at-bats due to injuries or just due to a lack of playing time because the Cincinnati Reds, they traded away guys like Brendan Drury at the trade deadline for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Far from a great bullpen, their most trustworthy bullpen piece in Chase Young. He wanted getting used up yesterday, so now you're looking to gentlemen like Yoan Ramirez. If you're really looking to look at a long guy, Yoan Oviedo, I don't think that they're going to try him out there, though. Will Crow has been able to post up about a 3-5 ERA, but it has not been great. And then for the Cincinnati Reds, they are towards the bottom of the big leagues in terms of their bullpen ERA as well. Been able to get a little bit more of Ian Gabo and Buck Farmer. They've got a sub-5 ERA, and Alexis Diaz has been tremendous, but guys like Revier, Sam Martin, and Joe Kunal, they have not been able to do a great job. Fernando Cruz is someone that I'm having a tough time being able to trust in as well, so I do think that it's going to be a higher scoring game. Did wind up saying Matola at 9.6, but was also willing to lay up to a minus 132. 
with the red. So getting between minus 120 and minus 130, going to be willing to lay it and taking a look at the 9.5 over. 9-3, 9-4 on the board. The Chicago Cubs, they're on the road. They're playing against the New York Mets. Chris Bassett as the Oak Lion and sinker for the Metropolitans. And Javier Assad goes for the Cubs. Total on this game is 8 over and under both at minus 110. With the Mets, you're getting them at pretty much minus 280 across the board between plus 235 and plus 250. The number on the Cubs, if you're looking at the run line, as they were between minus 130 and minus 135, and I was willing to lay up to a minus 144 with the Mets. Going to be looking at the run line. You've got teams on Sunday Night Baseball going 7-17 and 17 straight up, and now dealing with someone in Javier Desaad who's been one of the luckiest pitchers I have ever seen. 15 and a third innings. His whip is north of a 150, but he still has posted up a sub-3 ERA. The command is not terrific. He's allowed seven walks in 15 and a third innings. He's given up a hits per nine rate right around nine. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, and somehow, someway, he's been able to wriggle out of some big situations. I do not think that he's going to be so lucky here against the New York Mets, and for Chris Bassett, he's been quite impressive recently for the New York Mets. It's a squad that has been able to win now each out of his last eight starts. I believe that they are 18-8 and eight in his starts overall this season. And for Bassett, he's done his best work at home. 277 home ERA, 384 ERA on the road. Giving up six home runs and 91 innings at home. It's walks per nine rate, 2.1. And goes up against the Cubs lineup that has ailments. Wilson Gutierrez, Patrick Wisdom, their top two home run hitters. They have been out of the fold for the last few weeks, so... That means you look to Ian App, who's been able to hit about a 275 on base percentage, has been relatively solid. You have guys that are able to move the line like Alfonso Rivas, David Bodie, C.A. Suzuki, hitting between 245 to a 260. Framil Reyes, since he's come over from the Cleveland Guardians, has been solid as well, but you lack a lot of pop. And for the Cubs, they traded away a lot of pieces in the bullpen at the trade deadline, like Michael Gibbons, like David Robertson, which means Brandon Hughes, who's been solid. He's seeing elevated innings. They've been looking to guys like Manuel Rodriguez, Michael Rucker, and these are guys that you don't want to have a lot of faith in for the Mets. The bridge should be able to get to Edwin Diaz, and those trumpets has been much better. Seth Lugo has posted up a sub-3 ERA post-all-star break. Michael Gibbons, one of those trade pieces. He was terrible to begin his Mets career. Sub-3 ERA over the last three weeks, though. Tommy Hunter throwing their Adam Adovino. Both of these guys, a sub-3 ERA as well, and for the Mets, a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, so sometimes you do see guys have some home and road splits that aren't favorable at home, but Pete Alonso has hit all over the globe this season, hitting 33 home runs, over 100 RBI, and for the Mets, you've got Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, all hitting approximately a 268, Marcana, more around a 275, and then Starling Marte, he's done a great job over the line, 350 on base, 290 batting average, Jeff McNeil hitting above a threader, as well as Daniel Vogelback has seen a little bit of regression, but Eduardo Escobar, since coming off the injured list, it's been relatively impressive to watch him as in his 48 at-bat since coming back, he's hitting a 354, that really elevates his team, and with the Cubs not having necessarily a trustworthy bullpen at this point. I do think that the Bats get to him, but I also think that the Cubs are going to have a tough time catching up to Chris Bassett. Bassett has been pitching his best here in the back half of the season, so I did wind up saying Matola at 7.8 with it being a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and it's getting cooler out there in the northeast part of the country, so looking under and looking Mets run line. 9-5, 9-6 on the board. The LA Dodgers hit the road face-off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ryan Nelson goes for the Snakes, and Tyler Anderson is on the bump for the Dodgers. Dodgers, sizable favorites between minus 220 and minus 230. 
between plus $2 and plus 190 is the number on Arizona. Nine is the total. Under is minus 120. And the over is even. If you're looking at the run line of the Dodgers, that is minus 135. And I'm willing to go up to a minus 142 with the Dodgers run line. I set the minus 221 on the money line because with Ryan Nelson, very good first start against the San Diego Padres. And he's got good swing and miss stuff. At the minor league level, though, he was giving up north of three walks per nine innings. That was a little bit of a shot out of a cannon start, if I may, for him, as he was posting up north of a four ERA at the minor league level as well, and I don't think that he's going to be so fortunate in this start. Seven scoreless against the San Diego Padres. Padres, go figure, they were going off of Sunday Night Baseball, so that wound up helping him out quite a bit, and he's not backed up by a great bullpen. Joe Mantiply has been able to provide a sub-three ERA along with Kyle Nelson, but Gentlemen like Kevin Ginkle, Caleb Smith, Reyes Baranta. They're posting up north of Fort ERA. Mark Melanson has been a hot mess. And for the LA Dodgers, one of the most fearsome lineups that we've seen in baseball in a few seasons. Mookie Betts, 33 home runs, hitting a 280 at the leadoff spot. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, both of these gentlemen earning above a 300. They've got between 19 and 20 home runs apiece. Will Smith, he's been able to crank out 21 home runs himself north of 350 on base. And then Cody Bellinger, Joey Gallo, Max Muncy, these guys all have between 17 and really 20 home runs. I think Gallo might be at 16, but he still has been able to supply the deep ball. Justin Turner down for what? 350 on base. He does a good job moving the line. Trace Thompson, since he's gotten to the Dodgers, he's hitting at 275. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they see their offense fall off the table when they do wind up coming home. And they also have to go from Coors Field at elevation down to Arizona. That does wind up affecting teams quite a bit as well. And for Arizona, about 0.85 home runs per game at home, over 1.3 home runs per game on the road. Christian Walker, Dalton Varsho, a combined 56 home runs for these two guys, and they're both hitting about a 240. You've had a few guys like Jordan Luplo, Sergio Alcantara, Geraldo Perdomo, Cooper Hummel. They have not been able to move the line, but Jake McCarthy hitting above 300. That's been impressive. Josh Ross has been solid hitting at 270. Ketel Marte has been dealing with some ailments, but he, Alec Thomas, both of these gentlemen hitting in that pocket about 240 to 250, so they've been able to do a nice job of being able to hold it down, but I do think that Anderson is going to be able to have some success once again as he has been incredible all season long, not giving out any walks, right around 1.7 to 1.8 walks per nine innings. He has allowed three runs or fewer to each out of his last six starts, and has been a relatively solid pitcher on the road. His ERA does wind up heightening from a 235 at home to a 312 on the road, but still giving up about .7 home runs per nine in innings when he is on the road. Opponents are hitting just a 240 off of him. Not a great swing in this guy, but still someone I think is going to be able to do a good job against a Diamondbacks team that they don't go deep very often at home. So, do you want to say my toe at a 9.1? I do think that the Dodgers, they get to young Nelson. I think that they get into this bullpen, win this game by multiple runs, take a look at the Dodgers run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at the 9 over semi total at a 9.1. 907-908 on the board of the Atlanta Braves. At the road face-off against the San Francisco Giants, Alex Cobb is going to be going for the Giants, and Spencer Strider goes for Atlanta. Atlanta between minus 170 and minus 176 favorites. Between plus 150 and plus 163 is the number on the Giants. 7.5 is the total. Unders between minus 120 to a minus 130. Over is anywhere between plus 110 and even. I made the Atlanta Braves a minus 189 favorite. Was willing to lay up to a minus 120 on the run line and find that at a minus 105. The Atlanta Braves wound up suffering a soul-crushing defeat yesterday for anyone that wound up riding with the DK Nation pick. That was just a bad handicap to start with, but looked like we were going to get lucky, and we did not, but when it comes to Spencer Strider, he's been tremendous for this Atlanta Braves team, getting nearly 13 strikeouts, 
for nine innings. And the big fear that you had with Spencer Strider is that in his first few starts, he was registering over three and a half walks per nine innings. You were wondering what the heck was going on, but over his last five starts, just seven walks across 31 innings. He's been able to rectify this, and he's been even more unhittable in this span. Opponents are a buck 47 off of him in his last five starts with a 145 ERA. He has been flat out tremendous, and then on the flip side for the San Francisco Giants, Alex Cobb, he's been able to do a solid job at home. He's got a fielding independent that's nearly a full point lower than his ERA of a 368, but 257 home ERA, 516 ERA on the road. He's allowed just four home runs in 70 innings when he has been at home. Just a case where with Alex Cobb, when he winds up allowing contact on the road, it just winds up finding the wrong spot. But for Alex Cobb, also about 2.7 walks per nine innings. The big trepidation you've got with this Giants team, though, the bullpen has been relatively stinky all season long, and it was a bullpen game for them yesterday. Tyler Rogers threw two innings, so he's out of the fold. That's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for this Giants team, as John Brebbia, the opener from yesterday, he, Camilio Defal, Jarlon Garcia, they're posting up a sub-3-5 ERA. Alex Young has not been too bad, but when you wind up getting into guys like Junior Marte and company, it is not a place where you want to be. And for the San Francisco Giants, in their starting lineup yesterday, they had one guy hitting above a 247. That'd be Therio Estrada. Estrada, along with Jack Peterson, both hitting between about a 255 to a 270. Estrada to be able to give the team 12 home runs. Jack Peterson, Wilmer Flores, they're combining for about 40 home runs apiece. And you do have quite a few guys like J.D. Davis, Evan Longoria, Luis Gonzalez sitting in that pocket about a 235, 280, 250. Wilmer Flores is in that as well. But you don't have a lot of guys that are able to move the line. It is a little bit of a pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in San Francisco as well. And for the Atlanta Braves, Austin Riley has went deep in five out of the team's last 10 games. He's been able to a 280. I don't know why they're giving Marcelo Zuna starts, not just what's happened off the field, but on the field. He's been a hot mess as well. I mean, this guy is actually a downgrade. Whenever he winds going out there for them for Marcelo Zuna, take a look at the last 30 days. He's been able to do an okay job, but that's in 33 at-bats as well. He has just one home run in those last 30 days as well, so that's a little bit of an issue. Austin Riley along with Dansby Swanson, both hitting about a 285. Michael Harris, the second who went deep yesterday. He's hitting above a three. He's got right now an incredible amount of power. He's been able to yield 18 home runs and 334 at-bats. You've had good production out of William Contreras, couple of Travis Ayer. No, at the catcher spot, both guys hitting above a 260. And for the Braves, the bullpen did wind up getting used up a little bit yesterday. Jackson Stevens had to come out of that bullpen. And Kenley Jansen, well, you don't have to worry about him because he wound up giving up those home runs yesterday. But Rossiel Iglesias, he's been relatively solid since coming over from the LA Angels. AJ Minter, ever since having a little bit of a tough time on Sunday Night Baseball, has been tremendous sub 2-5 ERA out of him. Tyler Madzik has been able to do a nice job as well. So it's a circumstance where I do think that the Atlanta Braves should be able to get the job done. Starting to see some sevens come up there on the board, even at an 8. I would like this game over, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Atlanta Braves, and when it comes to the Braves, willing to take the run line. I was willing to lay up to a minus 120 on that. I'm getting minus 105, so look at Braves' run line and looking at the over. We go 909-910 on the betting board. The LA Angels hit the road face off against the Cleveland Guardians. Connor Pilkington goes for the Guardians, and Reed Detmer is on the bump for the Angels. Angels between plus 115 and plus 125 underdogs. Between minus 130 and minus 135 is the number on Cleveland. 8.5 to 8 is the total on the 8. Over is minus 120. The under is even on the 8.5. Under is minus 120. And the over is even with Pilkington. Made him a minus 136 favorite. Connor Pilkington has been an off and on starter this season for the Cleveland Guardians. I liked him when he was coming out of Mississippi State. And hasn't been great. Hasn't been terrible. His minor league numbers are solid. He's able to get some good strikeouts. 
at the lower level. Here at the big league level, it's been more like 7.9, 8 strikeouts per 9 innings. The big thing with him is command. He has been giving up over 5 walks per 9 innings. That has really been killing him as he's allowed 2 plus walks in 4 out of his last 5 outings, going 5 innings or fewer in every one of them. So he does wind up knocking himself out of games early. 408 home area, 386 road area. So he's been relatively consistent. Has given up just 4 home runs in a little bit north of 47 innings. I know that mid-major Matt was talking about Reed Detmers, and he's been very good at being able to get swings and misses post-All-Star break. Pre-All-Star break, this guy was a little bit of a hot mess, but ever since the beginning of the month of July, has been posting up a sub-250 ERA. Things have went northward a little bit in his last four starts with a 474 ERA. Has allowed just one home run in that time span, but the walks are starting to creep up. He's allowed over four and a half walks per nine innings in those last four starts. So, a little bit of an issue on that front, and you do take a look at the LA Angels. Now, a very top-heavy lineup as Mike Trout wound up having his streak of six straight games with a home run stamped yesterday, but he and Joey Otani have both been able to deliver 34-plus home runs. Both of these gentlemen hitting in that pocket about 265 to 275 with Taylor Ward, Luis Ranifo in that fold as well. The Ward post-all-star break he has not been great. You do have guys at the bottom of the fold like Mike Ford, Andrew Velasquez, whoever in that is playing at the catcher spot, Joey Dell. These guys have been hitting a 225 or lower along with Mickey Monick, but for the Angels, the bullpen has been a little bit better as well. Over the last 40 days, they've been in the top half of the league in terms of bullpen ERA. Andrew Wants has been posting up a sub-3-3 ERA. Jose Cuiata, more like a 375. Start, things are starting to regress a little bit more there, but Jimmy Harrigan has been good as well. But you do have, on the flip side, a Cleveland Guardians team that post-Alster break have the number one bullpen in terms of ERA. Emmanuel Class A, James Karinczak, they've been amazing eighth and ninth inning as a duo. And then you got Trevor Steven, Nick Sandlin, both posting up a sub-3 ERA. Angel De Los Santos, he's got a 298 ERA as well. So these guys have all been able to deliver now. The Cleveland Guardians, They've got the fewest home runs at home of any team in the league as it's been relatively grody on that front, but they do a good job of being able to move the line as Josh Naylor, he overall for the season, has been able to give the team 17 home runs. Andre Jimenez, 16. Naylor has been able to hit a 265. And then all these guys I mentioned hitting a 275 or greater. Steven Kwan, Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario, Jimenez, who I mentioned earlier, Oscar Gonzalez. And for Jose Ramirez, 109 RBI, 26 home runs. It's a rather impressive lineup for the Cleveland Guardians. They've got really the best record that we've seen in the American League post-All-Star break as well. And I do think that they're going to be able to keep things rolling against an Angels team that they've been a little bit better with the bats, but they went and sang my toll at an 8.2. Like what I've seen out of Detmers, really think that Connor Pilkington is going to be able to put it together as well. So I've got all 8.5s, the lone 8 that I'm seeing is at DraftKings. So on an 8.5, looking at the under, one to lay up to about a minus 135-ish here with Cleveland as well. 9.11, 9.12 is going to be the DK pick as the Houston Astros are on the road facing off against the Detroit Tigers. Eduardo Rodriguez goes for the Tigers and Framber Valdez on the bump for Houston. 7-7.5 seven seven is your total on the 7. Overs minus 120. The under is even on the 7.5. Under is between minus 115 and minus 125. Overs between minus 105 and plus 105. Houston and between a minus 193 and a minus 205 favorite. Between plus 170 and plus 182 is the number on Detroit. If you're looking at that Astros run line, finding it between minus 115 to a minus 120. And I need at least a plus 182 to take a shot on the Tigers. And I'm willing to lay up to a minus 115 on the Astros run line. How it shakes out right now is that I'd be looking at the Astros run line. I'm going to be looking in the AM. If we're able to get this thing up to like a plus 185, plus 190 on the Tigers, I'd be willing to fire in there. But that's at current numbers. Still looking at the Astros run line. But what is going to be the DK Nation pick is a total over. Semi-total at a 7.8. We're starting to see this go from a 7.5 to a 7. Even if you got a 7.5, I do like it over. Because with Eduardo Rodriguez, he has come back from a little bit of a leave, a little bit of the injured list. And he hasn't necessarily looked sharp. 
giving up 10 total runs over the course of four starts. And he hasn't necessarily been going deep in these starts as he has posted up a grand total of 22 innings. So has been a little bit of a hot mess. And he's starting to allow quite a few walks as well. Two plus walks in three out of these four starts as well. Not necessarily getting a lot of strikeouts. And it's an Astros lineup that all of a sudden has been able to erupt. They wind up playing 12 runs yesterday. It has been a little bit more hot and cold with them. But you still have a guy in Jordan Alvarez that looks like he's finally fully healthy. He winds going deep yesterday. Has been able to provide about a 390. 99 in terms of the on-base, 32 home runs, and then you've got Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, all between 21 and 25 home runs. Still a top-five team in terms of fewest strikeouts on a per-game basis, with Altuve being a bit at 290, Alex Bregman at 375 on-base. You've had Jeremy Pena hit about at 250 as well. Trey Boomo Mancini has it solved for this bunch as well, and all of a sudden, the Detroit Tigers have been able to a little bit as well. I can't believe I am saying it, but four-plus runs in four of the team's last five games, and for the Detroit Tigers, they still have these albatrosses that are just unable to hit, like Akil Badu, Tucker Barter, Cody Clements, Dez Cameron when he's been out there, Spencer Trokelson, list goes on and on, but Jameer Kendallari, Javi Baez, now have a combined 25 home runs. Eric Haas has really been able to tear it up as well. Overall for the season, he's hitting a 253, but take a look at the last 30 days for Mr. Haas, and he has been hitting a 303. It looks like he's finally fully healthy. Even someone like Carol Castro has been able to move the line, hitting a 275, and we have seen regression in this Tigers bullpen. Pre-All-Star break, this was a top six bullpen in terms of ERA. Gregory Soto's went down the toilet bowl a little bit. Joey Menes has been okay, but Alex Lang is now posting up north of four ERA. Jose C. Serrano, he's been solid, but you haven't been able to get a lot of length out of these starters. And then for Frambois Valdez, he has been able to do his best work on the road this season. 14-5 record, 264 ERA, 321 home ERA, compared to a 224 ERA on the road, giving up just nine home runs at 170 and two-thirds innings, despite the fact that it's not the world's greatest swing and miss guy. By that, I mean eight after strikeouts for nine innings, which is not bad, but it's not like elite or anything like that. His walks per nine rate, it creeps up to right around about a 3.2, but with Framber Valdez, I do think that this could be a little bit of a vulnerable spot. I do think that the Astros bullpen probably doing for a tad bit of regression as well. They've been dealing with a few injuries. Ryan Presley has been in and out of the fold all season long. Now, Ryan Stanek, Seth Martinez, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, all these guys are posting up a sub-3 ERA. Phil Maiden has been relatively solid as well. And Will Smith, since he's come over, has been able to do a good job as well, but we're seeing the Tigers offense start to ignite. Eduardo Rodriguez has not been himself since coming back, so semi-total at 7.8 DK Nation pick is going to be on the over and with the Astros, one delay up to a minus 115 on the run line. 9-13, 9-14 on the betting board. It is the Tampa Bay Rays. They're going to be on the road against the Toronto Blue Jays. It looks like it's going to be a bullpen game for the Rays and Jose Barrios is going to be going for the Blue Jays. As a result, this game is off the board, but with the Blue Jays, it's at the minus 153 on the money line. I was having it more around about a minus 148 when it was looking like we were going to be getting Ryan Yarbrough. He winds up pitching in long relief yesterday, so issue there, and total is set at an 8.4, 8 or less looking at an over 8.5 or higher to the under. Jose Barrios has actually looked a little bit better recently. For a Blue Jays team that they've really been able to shape up with the bullpen, we'll get to Barrios first as he has overall for the season posted up a 523 ERA. That is far from tremendous, and he does have a 540 ERA over the course of his last five starts, but at home, 428 ERA, 619 ERA on the road, and his home runs per nine rate, it is about 60% of what it is on the road, as he has a lot of 11 home runs in 73 and two-thirds innings at home, nearly similar amount of innings, 72 and two-thirds innings on the road, 17 home runs. He hasn't given up a lot of walks, about 2.2 walks per nine innings for Jose Barrios, the 
Strikeout numbers are down about seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but this is a Rays team that they are very happy to strike out. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, not a lot of power in this lineup. A pair of guys with a double-digit amount of homers, Isaac Paredes, along with Randy Odos Arena, they have combined for 37 home runs. Nobody else has more than 10 home runs for this team, as you've got guys who are able to move the line. Manuel Margot, Yandy Diaz, both hitting between about a 292 295. Diaz, a 400 on Mason Hero Ramirez, has been able to 320, but got a lot of guys that towards the bottom of the fold, they have had a tough time with it. I mentioned Paredes a little bit earlier. Taylor Walls. When it comes to Roman Quinn and Yu Chang, they've been better with this team, but still has not necessarily been too tremendous. So you do wind up getting back Wanda Franco. We shall see how he's able to do coming off of the injured list because I know that he wound up having a few setbacks. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, this has been a lineup that has been very balanced all season long. Flagger Jr. hasn't necessarily had the year that you would hope for, but still has 27 home runs, still hitting at 275. That's rock solid, but buying them. Tasker Hernandez, George Springer, Matt Chapman, Bobachet, all between 19 and 24 home runs. And all these guys, really, other than Chapman, hitting above a 260. Ollie Kirk has been able to hit nearly a 300 as well. Santiago Spenel moves the line, hitting a 265. And I mentioned that Blue Jays bullpen got a lot of guys posting up a sub three ERA. Anthony Bass, who wanted coming over by a trade. He's been very good for the team. Tim Meza, Yimmy Garcia, they've been able to do solid work along Jordan Romano. North of 30 saves on the bullpen and for the Tampa Bay Rays. This team is always able to piecemeal things together. I mentioned it. They were able to save a lot of their bullpen pieces because Ryan Yarbrough just ate it yesterday. You've got Jason Adam with a sub-2 ERA. JT Trugwa has been a little bit shaky since coming off the injured list, but Pete Fairbanks, he's posting up a sub-3 ERA. Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, they've been able to do a nice job as well. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. We've been finding that mostly with Tampa Bay Rays game. So want to make the Blue Jays minus 153 on the money line. Would need at least a plus 140 to be able to take a shot on them on the run line at eight or less looking at an over eight half higher to the under. Now we wrap things up with the doubleheader 915, 916, and 917, 918. Texas Rangers on the road facing off against the Miami Marlins. Trevor Rogers goes for the fish in game one. Glenn Otto goes for Texas in game one and we will get to game two in a minute but we will do game one first because we have numbers on game one. The over is between minus 115 and minus 125 on the juice of seven. The under juice on seven it is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105 with Miami. They are between minus 118 and minus 135 favorites. Between plus 108 and plus 117 is the number on Texas and with the Miami Marlins. I set them as a minus 122 favorite in this circumstance. The run line is between plus 155 and a plus 160. And if I can't find anything else, I would probably be willing to nibble on that run line. But with that said, I am going to be holding off for the time being. I'm going to see if this can get down a little bit more for the Miami Marlins or if I can wind up getting north of a plus 120 on the Texas Rangers because Glenn Otto has been significantly better on the road than he has been at home for Glenn Otto. It has been very interesting to watch him this season to say the least because with Glenn Otto what is really killing him is the walks. He's giving up over four and a half walks per nine innings and he has been allowing the deep ball with about 1.3 home runs per nine innings but for Glenn Otto 375 road ERA compared to a 6 and home ERA and this is a very pitcher friendly ballpark out in Miami and overall opponents say if it just a 217 off of him and swinging miss stuff has not been as great here at the big league level as it was during the minors as he's only been able to get about 7.1 strikeouts per nine innings and then for Trevor Rogers he was clearly hurt to begin the season as in his two starts since coming off of the injured list he's given up four runs over the course of 12 innings going up against the Rays and the Philadelphia Phillies 
in that span, giving up just one walk as well, and that has always been hurting Trevor Rogers, the command, as he has been allowing about 3.9 walks per nine innings this season, along with 1.3 home runs per nine. He has actually been worse at home this season with a 636 home ERA compared to a 475 ERA on the road, so that has been an interesting ordeal with him, but he's also not backed up by the world's worst bullpen, as you've got Dylan Floro, who's been able to post up a sub-4 ERA, been able to get some good production on Stephen Oakert. He's given the team nearly a 3 ERA. They did wind up using up Uskar Brasobin yesterday, but Richard Blyer, he's got about a 312 as well. Well, and for the Miami Marlins, this team just simply can't hit. They don't have a single guy that is currently healthy with north of eight home runs. That'd be Garrett Cooper. And Cooper's been able to move the line. He's been able to give the team a 260 batting average. But you got guys like a Brian De La Cruz. You're able to throw in there. Gerard Encarnacion, J.J. Blade, Peyton Butterick. These are guys that are all hitting a 215 or lower. They just don't belong out there, and they've got no power whatsoever. They don't really draw walks. And for the Texas Rangers, you do have a quadrant of guys that are able to slug out over 20 home runs. Marcus Simeon, Adelise Garcia, Corey Seager, Nate Lowe, all these 21 home runs with Garcia, Lowe, and Simeon between 21 and 24 home runs. Corey Seager, 29 bombs for Simeon, Seager, and Garcia. In between a 242 to a 258, Lowe has been able to hit a little bit above a 300. Leody Tavares, along with Bubba Thompson, have both been able to hit above a 280 as well. Problem for the Rangers has been bullpen has been very shaky. Brock Burke, Matt Moore, they're both able to supply a sub-250 ERA, but Jonathan Hernandez has seen in his ERA go north of a 350. You could wind up seeing in this double dip Taylor Hearn come out of the bullpen, and he has been a nightmare all season long with nearly a 5 ERA. Dennis Santana's rocking north of a 5 ERA. Asus Tinoco got used yesterday. Not necessarily a guy that I would trust in. They're looking to Tyson Miller now for innings in game number one. Did wind up saying my total at 6.6, so we'll be looking at the over with the current numbers. If anything, I'd probably be taking a look at perhaps some Miami Marlins on the run line, just hoping that they hold down the Texas Rangers, but that's a little bit of a grody one. We're going to try to see if we can get a little bit of movement in the AM, either downward on the Miami Marlins to like a minus 122 or the Rangers up to a plus 122, and then this game is off the board in 9-17, John Gray goes for the Texas Rangers. Braxton Garrett goes for the Miami Marlins. And with Gray going, I did by making him a minus-137 favorite. Both of these guys are coming off the injury list, so neither of these guys I expect to be given their full workload, but both of them were very impressive prior to going on the injured list. Both gentlemen have relatively good strikeouts per nine rates. Braxton Garrett right around 9.4 strikeouts per nine innings. John Gray a little bit north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings. And with Gray, he's been allowing about three walks per nine innings. Garrett a little bit closer to two and a half. And that was an ailment for Garrett in his first two years at the big league level. He was given up north of four walks per nine innings. Both gentlemen give up about a home run per nine innings. A little bit closer to 1.1 with John Gray, and John Gray has a little bit of the longer layoff. He wound up making his last start in very early August. Meanwhile, it was more mid-August for our good friend Braxton Garrett, but when it comes to John Gray, relatively consistent home and road. 366 home ERA, 391 ERA on the road, giving up less than a home run per nine innings when he has been on the road. Meanwhile, flip side for Braxton Garrett, he's been able to do a solid job when he's been in Miami. 245 home ERA compared to a 440 ERA on the road, giving up just one home run in 25 and two-thirds innings when he has been at home. Opponents are Overall, hit about a 250 off of him, so a little bit of an issue on that front. I do think that Texas is going to be able to get a little bit more out of Gray than Miami is out of Garrett, but shall we say, interesting ordeal, because I do think that the long relievers come in from there, and I do have a little bit more faith 
in someone being able to help out the Texas Rangers rather than the Miami Marlins because when the Miami Marlins have looked to guys like a Tommy Nance, which it looks like they're not going to because he wanted pitching yesterday, but these guys have not been able to come through for Miami. Once again, a circumstance where because the Miami Marlins scored three runs or fewer in 32 out of their last 36 games, set a low total, set it at 6.7, so 6.5 for less looking over 7 or higher to the under end, made the Rangers minus 137 with Gray going in. That'll wrap things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. A big thanks to our good friend, Mid-Major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe our your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at one Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, as per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. Other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry every rematch Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.